Welcome to the Real Talk with Real Fit Pros podcast, where fitness professionals learn to get what they're worth. With over 30 years of combined experience in the fitness industry, Jonathan Loudermilk and Mark the Fitness Ninja Zolmanoff share their expertise in helping fit pros work smarter, earn more, and design a business that they love. Learn about effective social media strategies, organic marketing, client acquisition and retention, and whatever other shenanigans John and Mark bring to the table. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. Welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Real Fit Pros. It's your boy, Jonathan Loudermilk, your host with the most. And as always, I've got my main man, my PIC, Mark the Fitness Ninja Zamanoff. And we've got a special guest today as well, which I'm going to let my, my partner do the uh, proper introductions for. By the way, Mark, how you doing, man? I'm great, man. It's a, it's not a thousand degrees anymore in Texas. <laughs> I'm actually kind of sad because... I've been doing 75 hard this summer. It was kind of fun to go out when it was 150 and just like broil in the sun. I'm, I'm what they like to call day labor dark right now. Um, so just so y'all know, if you ever yeah. see a video of this, I'm dark right now. <laughs> nah, it's a good, it's a great day. Uh, we, we have a great guest. I'm, at, I'm really excited about this dude because I've seen his brand. This is one of the first people I think I that we've had on that I know the brand, but I didn't know the guy behind it because we know a lot of business owners. We know a lot of people were connected fairly well, but like in my head, this is way bigger than <laughs> than our than our little pocket. So I'm excited to to dig into this and and learn some things myself. Hopefully, uh, we'll learn some business uh, wisdom of things to do and not to do, and and help everybody go get what they're worth. So. Our guest today, two big, two big realms that he operates in. He is a gym owner of Excel Health and Fitness, uh, located out in California. So, you know, we don't, it's all good. No judgment, no judgment. You know, some people just end up there. I hear it's beautiful. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of fucking taxes, but I hear it's beautiful. Yeah. People oh, it's, just, it's, it's beautiful, but yeah, you definitely pay for it. No question there. <laughs> And, and since 2008, by the way, so just to kind of paint a picture of longevity in this industry, um, if you've been doing this any length of time, you know that anything really past a couple of years and you're, you're figuring something out. And once you get over a decade or so, I believe you have a true passion for this industry and helping people. Um, but the other, the other big thing he's got going on is he's the CEO of Caffeine and Kilos. Yeah. And damn it, if you're a fit pro, you love both of those things. <laughs> We're going to dive right into this. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, our guest today, Danny Lair. How you doing, Danny? Oh, man, I'm doing great. Also, talking about working out in that heat, man, I love that shit. I like to do, uh, like, once a week, I try to do, like, an hour long or half, half hour of an hour long ruck walk, like, right next to the canal that's kind of right behind my house. And I, I like to wait until about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I wait till it gets... You know, especially summer days where I'm at in the uh, out in California, Northern California here, it's 100 pretty regularly, a 95, 96 kind of average summer day. Anyway, I'm waiting. I'm like, I can't wait till it hits that 102. Then I'm gonna get out there next to the canal and fucking let it ride for an hour, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird too, because then like it's it's quote unquote cooled off here. So I think today it's gonna be 90, and I'll be outside later. And in my head, I'll be like, oh, I feel like I'm cheating. <laughs> yeah. 
It's too easy. We're, we're weird people. Mom anyway, has to leave uh, my shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> so before we before we get in the meat and potatoes of this, we start every episode off with a fun story. So what do you have for us, sir? I'm gonna let you pick. I'm gonna give you three options. Ooh. So Ooh. you can uh, you can hear a story about um, the uh, the time uh, and these all involve fitness. The time when I uh, the only time I can remember actually that I shit myself as an adult. Um, we do that one. We also could go into a, a time where um, the everything got real foggy and there was for sure some concussion uh, situation going on. And then another one is when I was there, I witnessed someone else. Um, there's blood involved uh, with a barbell to the to the head. So, which one? Which one do you guys want? I vote poop. <laughs> I want the poop story. <laughs> That's my what, vote. What were you, what, what were you going to vote for, Mark? I was going to vote for two. All right. So here's I'll do I'll do uh, both pretty quick. You know. So um, <laughs> we'll go we'll go see on the concussion one is what you wanted foggy concussion. Yes, sir. Uh, Mark. All right. Pull it out for so. I was uh, I was doing a push presses and it was like well, maybe it might have been push jerks. I think it was push presses. It was like one at max too. So I'm like getting into this bar and driving it, you know, type thing. And anyway, one of the and I'm in the gym by myself, real safe. And uh, anyway, I go and I like really get into this bar and I hit my chin right, like I clock my chin with it. And uh, immediately, I hear the ring. Right. And it's like everything's foggy. It's like dark and it starts lighting up again. But I feel like it's all smoky in there. I'm like, why is it so fucking smoky in here? Is there... And then like my chin, I thought I was like, oh, man, I'm bleeding. Like I, I for sure, like I busted my chin open. Right. And uh, I'm like, fuck, man, I got to deal with this. So I go in the bathroom and I remember I'm like looking and there's no blood. And I was so confused. I'm looking and it's all over my hand. But it was clear. I'm like, why? is there so much, why is my blood clear? I was so confused. And I realized that I wasn't bleeding. It was just sweat. <laughs> right. And uh, anyway, and so then, you know, about 10 minutes later or so the ringing stopped and things were in a foggy and, and it was three, about three or four days later when I like, I realized I'm like, Oh man, I was for sure concussed myself because <laughs> I thought that I was bleeding. I thought my sweat was blood. There was, you know, like I completely <laughs> didn't know what was going on, man. Oh, wow. uh, so that was interesting um anyway and then uh the the shit myself story you familiar with the crossfit workout helen well running yeah. like some running kettlebell swings pull-ups oh, pretty pull pretty quick it's like less than 10 minutes if you are you know whatever in decent shape so i had like 20 minutes at the gym like i had somewhere i had to be like i gotta go i don't have time to whatever and the workout starts little runs i'm like i don't really need to run for it anyway i go in the gym and I'm like, I got 20 minutes to be like out the door again. So I run in the bathroom to uh, to just go pee real quick for the workout. And then while I'm, I can't believe I'm telling, whatever. And then while I'm uh, going pee, all of a sudden I feel like I might, might fart a little bit. So I just go and then all of a sudden I realize I'm like, oh, I think something else might've happened there, you know? <laughs> and so I was like, this is interesting. And so I like, at first I was like, went to, to go check with my hands with my hand and I was like wait Danny what if you're right that's not how you want to find out you know <laughs> but I'm not experienced in this you know what I mean I haven't shit myself you know as an adult like to remember you know so like anyway it's luckily I figured out that's not right the right way to, to find out so I like, go in the stall and like man sure enough it's like a little some little drops on my underwear so I just take those off throw them in the garbage you know 
And then, uh, and then I was like, now I only have like 12 minutes. And so I just washed my hands, grabbed a kettlebell and then just did the workout with nothing, nothing between me and the outside world other than this thin pair of shorts, you know, <laughs> we, uh, that was it. did we, not get a P did not get a PR, but I, I did pretty good though. I got pretty close to this. Not bad workout, plenty of adrenaline. This is funny, man. We call that a code Brown. I actually have a pretty, <laughs> I have a pretty similar story, which I don't, I don't want to take away from this episode. Basically I was deadlifting 465 and I had a code mm. Brown moment. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> had well, that's the, the Mark Ripito, one of my favorite Mark Ripito quotes. Someone asked him like, how do you, they said like, you know, they shit themselves deadlifting. They're like, how do you avoid that? And he said, uh, well, I always recommend to not, not, uh, not deadlift when you have to take a shit and vice versa <laughs> that is that is sage advice right there yeah 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 yeah, and, yeah. Any, anytime heavy deadlifts and squats are happening there's a bathroom break for sure no, that's right that's right no, that, those are those are two stories truly indicative of you as a fitness professional and <laughs> being around this realm for as long as you have so let's let's take it back to the beginning what got you into fitness so i mean i always as a kid i was my parents had me in all kinds of shit we're a real active family i um, you know sports whatever they had us playing every kind of sports my parents actually were playing rec league soccer and softball when i was a kid like after church on sunday with like drive the soccer fields my parents have co-ed soccer game or my mom was playing in women's league even if my dad wasn't playing and and so i kind of grew up around sports being active take a skiing um, it's California, right? So we would like go to the snow, then come back home. Um, and we'd go, you know, backpacking through Yosemite as a kid. My dad, that was his, you know, would take a summer, summer vacation. You'd take, you know, whatever, six years old, uh, take me and my brother would go out for seven days, hiking out, busting off a chunk of the John Muir trail. Um, so we're just always active, always into sports, um, that type of thing. And then, uh, I wrestled through high school and then I coached wrestling and I became a PE teacher, right? So that was kind of how, how that, that went down. So I was teaching PE, coaching wrestling, um, working out, you know, and um, then kind of found CrossFit, got exposed to CrossFit. And I was, man, that was, this is, reminds me of wrestling practice. I was in pretty good shape back then. Like I should probably do more of this stuff, right? <laughs> and then that kind of kind of led me down the path. And from there, I was still teaching PE. Found a guy who just opened a gym and really needed a lot of help with it. Um, so kind of partnered up with him. That was the, the Excel in 2008. Um, and then started running that. Um, and then in 2013, had a baby in February. Decided that that summer would be a good time to host a competition with some, with some guys I knew. Um, and that kind of turned into caffeine and kilos. Uh, so then about another another year and a half of teaching after that i'm completely out of out of teaching now and and just doing you know business full-time between capping and kilos and the gym and and that type of stuff that's awesome so so yeah. how, how long were you uh building that on the side before you fully transitioned and what did that look like for you so the gym was interesting because the gym there's three of us and we all had full-time jobs that that business kind of by default was built to to be able to run and not coaching every single class or not being in the day-to-day -day operations the entire time. Looking back on it now, what a, what a huge benefit, right? Um, and so 
so that was kind of going on there. So we knew like, you know, we would do all the other stuff. We all shared, shared a load coaching some classes, but we had some other coaches that was their, their things are in there and they, you know, handling that throughout the day when we were working and stuff. Um, and then with, uh, Kathy and Kilos, um, we'll see here. It was sorry, a year because the event was in like September. Um, and so the preparations over the summer and stuff, but so I taught that whole year and then it was just, it was not sustainable. Right. Like working from, you know, 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. every day and, and, uh, and then going to teaching all day and then coming back and put the baby to bed. And then from, you know, 7.30 or 8 o'clock until 10 o'clock at night, every single night. And it's just, again, not, not sustainable. So uh, then I got a half-time teaching job. I would, I would have just quit and gone into it. My wife's a little more conservative. And so if I wanted to stay married and, you know, have a business, <laughs> that's always been goal number one. Goal number one in my life has always been stay married, right? Like that's kind of the, something important. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, there was a part-time, half-time teaching job in PE, uh, actually in the town I live in, which is really rare, hard to find. So I jumped on that, did that for a year. And even doing that on the days I wasn't teaching, I was like, didn't have enough time still, you know? Um, and also what that did is that gave me a year to kind of get a more consistent check, right? Um, so that first year when I was still teaching full-time, we didn't take any money. Like we took no money out of the out of the business. So for at least that first year, I just kind of built it up. And then it kind of started coming in a little bit, but it wasn't consistent. So that, that second year of teaching part-time kind of gave us time to establish a consistent, you know, consistent income um, that then allowed me to step away and, and uh have everybody be on the same team there. So, man, I, I'm going to have so many questions for you, Danny. You just keep, bring it on. You're making it easy for me. So, yeah. what what I would love for you to share, which it's funny because Mark and I always joke about this. We always gloss over the most important part of the story. It's like, oh yeah, and I just did this, and then I made a bunch of money. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh. Okay. So, so what I would like to hear from you is like throughout that year, year and a half of like having to like build today, but build for tomorrow. And especially going through not paying yourself for the longest time, which me and Mark have both gone through that as well. I would yeah. love to hear your mindset as you went through that. And then how did that evolve as you grew? Because I know a lot of our audience members are actually in that process at whatever level in their business and they would get tons of value from it. So I, I would love well, to hear one one thing is a lot of people ask, I get this question a lot in, in different shows and, and interviews and stuff. Like, well, what made you like, you know, teaching is a great job. It's secure, all this. Like what, you know, like, why do you think of what made you uh, confident just to, like quit and go into business, whatever. And the truth is, I didn't think it was a big deal. Um, I like my just kind of my upbringing. My grandfather uh, was an entrepreneur. He had a, a heating and air conditioning business and and he had a bunch of buildings around town, you know, type thing that he all built from scratch. Like he was talk about poor i mean this guy like when he was whatever three years old or something his parents couldn't afford to feed him they put him him and his uh siblings in an orphanage for, for a couple months right um and then you know that type of thing and they're migrant farm workers all up and down like through different states and it wasn't until high school when he actually settled down into into one spot to live for a while right so then from that to starting his own businesses and running his own business and and ended up by the time he you know retired his retirement was he had a bunch of properties all over town. You know, he'd buy some land, put a little building on it, rent it out, commercial properties. Um, and, you know, that was all, all of this from, from absolutely nothing, right? And so as a kid, so when he, my dad worked for the family business. And when my grandfather retired, my dad and aunt and uncle, they ran the business. And, and so my father also on the side would do 
some little like side work things, like some energy calculations for different California laws <laughs> about building regs and stuff. And so that was, so growing up, I saw that, you know, it wasn't this weird thing of, of owning your own business or making your own money. It's just what sometimes people do, right? You could either get a job or you can just, why not? Like you just run your own business. Like my dad runs this business. And, and sometimes after dinner, you'd have to go and get some work done. And so being he'd take me and my brother and we'd go play with sheet metal in the back and try not to cut off our fingers and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and so it wasn't weird. You know, to me, that was a, that was a normal thing. Right. Yeah. And so when things kind of started, there was, there wasn't this like crazy, like, Oh my God, but this job's so secure. And I always figure like, I don't know, like people own all kinds of people, but drive down main street, right? Like that 90% of those businesses are small businesses that somebody owns and somebody runs and, and like, if they can do it, why can't you? Right. Um, and if somebody can do it, you can do it. And so then, you know, that was kind of thing. I was like, you know what else? If they like, whatever, I can always teach again. Like, I'm pretty good at this. I like this. I know a lot of people. If not, I'm confident I'd be able to get another job somehow. And if not, I'll just get a job doing something else. Whatever, man. Like, <laughs> you know, um, and so that's kind of, that was a big part of that is, is, you know, other people do it. And, and, um, and it, again, it wasn't this big, scary thing. And then, what happened is I started realizing that I didn't really know jack shit about, you know, like running a, running a business or, or, or organizing <laughs> my days, right? Like talk about that. Like I was working before school and after school and, you know, during my, during my prep and, and stuff like that. Um, and so I was like, oh man, I better figure this out. Maybe I should, you know, start reading. And so I just started um reading a bunch of, you know, everything that kind of, you know, how it goes, you read one business book, it leads you to like three others. And, uh, and so one thing that had a big impact on me early was, uh, Craig Valentine, the perfect day formula. Mm -hmm. And so I read that and started implementing a lot of his kind of process. He's going to get off the shelf. His son of a bitch. Get off the shelf right now. Uh, <laughs> there it is. Got the, got the whole box. I you know, do. Craig will send that to you if you send him an email. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, I, I did that and implement a lot of those strategies and, and kind of figured out how to, you know, structure my days and get things done. And, and then through that, and I just, again, led me to the next thing and the next thing. And, um, you know, you start reading whatever, say between uh, 30 and 50 books a year, you, you know, you figure some stuff out, right. Um, you implement the things that work and, and they make sense. You just try things and you just got to try things. And one thing's for certain, you try something new, it's either going to work or it's not. <laughs> that's you know that's factor so it's like the things that work you do more of that the things that don't you eventually realize it and try to do fewer of those you know and over time you just kind of work through some shit i i love that mentality you know i was listening to andy priscilla um and he was talking about how perfectionism is actually a, a mask for someone who's afraid Right. Yeah. So we see, I hear, we hear and see a lot of that. Like they have to get all the pieces in the perfect alignment before they take that next step. No, that's but, called, that's called perverse procrastination. Mm. So, so what's your take on that with people? You know, obviously you're, you've gone the yeah. other way with it and go out, oh, you know, basically a mistake is one extra way. I know it doesn't work. So yeah. what's, what's your take on that? Well, I mean, that's, that's exactly it. Right. So it's, it's, I think people are scared to try new things or they're, and I'm not, I'm not suggesting you do some crazy risky thing that, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, so I do think that my, my experience in, um, in life, I had a few things that, that changed kind of the way I view things or whatever. And one is definitely wrestling. Like that's just like time and time again, you learn like, okay, like I have to, I have to do this thing now, um, that's going to hurt. Uh, like really bad, but if I do, I'm going to win. 
And if I don't do it, I'm going to lose. Right. So you're just like, you're, you're inflicting pain on yourself, <laughs> you know, in order to win. Right. And that's like, there's a lesson in there that I don't really know that you learn in other, other sports or other activities, especially like a high school type thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, man, I'd mentioned earlier, like going backpacking as a kid, I've actually thought of this later in life. I kind of little reflection here is, you know, we'd be out, go bust off 30 miles with John Muir trail over five days, which isn't like this crazy distance, but when you're, you know, like under 10 years old, it's like pretty good <laughs> carrying all your, carrying all your own stuff, you know? And, and uh, you know, you're going up this, you're going over this path and you're at 10,000 feet elevation. You're going up over this path. And like, it doesn't really matter like how tired you are. Like you're not going to, you're not going to sleep right there on these switchbacks on the trail. Like that's not a choice. Like that's not an option. Like you can't just stop. Like you can't, right? Like you have to get up to the top of this fucking mountain and drop down the other side where the, where the next, like where there's a clearing that you can lay your tarp out and sleep for the night, right? Like, like that's it. Like there's not, you can, that, that's just how it is, you know? And you can't just go back to the car and go home and sleep in your bed because at this point you're, you know, that's quicker just to go forward than it is to go back, you know? Um, and so there's lots of things like that, that, that I think definitely had an impact on the way I see things. And so I think when things, um, not that I'm not in any way suggesting that I'm invincible or anything like that, but that sometimes things are, are hard and they just, they're just hard, you know, <laughs> like that's okay. It's okay. It's okay for something to be hard. It's okay to not know the answer. It's okay to try things. Um, it's okay to fail. Right. And let me tell you something else. Not only is it okay to fail, it's also okay to succeed. I think so many people are so fucking scared that something's going to work that they never want to try it, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe they mask it like they're scared of failure. Or they're trying to make it perfect or all this. And you know what? It's like they're, they're, afraid, they're afraid to go. They're, people are scared to go in. Like they're afraid to, to uh, exert themselves. They're afraid to put forth 100% effort. Because here's the thing. If I try and I hold back a little bit, if I only try 90% and it doesn't work, what can I say? I can always say, oh, well, you know what? I, I, I didn't really give it my all. If I would have tried harder, I could have done it, right? You have an out, right? And that's a fucking coward way to live. Mm-hmm. And so if you go 100% in and you go all in and you put forth and you lay everything you've got on the table, right? And then if you don't succeed, what do you say? The simple fact is you just couldn't get the job done, right? And people are so scared of that. They have this, this ego that's holding them back. So they, they hold themselves back because they're so scared. If I put in 100% effort and fail, what does that say? The truth is you put forth that 100% effort. Sometimes that's the only chance you have of succeeding, mm-hmm. right? And they're just so the fuck. And then what? Well, what if it actually works, right? Well, then you're in the situation that, you know, maybe you didn't think was possible. Or, and now, you know, where do I go from here? If I fail, it's kind of easy, right? Then I'm just back where I started. But what if I succeed? Then what do I do? Then I'm in uncharted waters, uncharted territory. And so I think that, you know, that's one thing you got to keep in mind is you can't be scared to fucking win and you can't be scared to put forth 100% effort and to go for it. Um, and, and that's, I think that's a big kind of where things shake out there too, you know? Yeah. And I've seen that from the very beginning of my career and I've been doing fitness for 20 years. I've seen people fearful of succeeding, whether it's coaches fearful of actually making money and not having the quote unquote security that we mentioned before, which, you know, we've all learned, especially over these last couple of years, there ain't shit that's secure anymore, like nothing. Yeah. And 
you know, so whether it's the coach or well, there, there is there is being able to be self sufficient. Yeah, yeah, but you know, even, it, right? you know, a lot of a lot of our clients aren't willing to go all in on themselves either, mm-hmm. and you get too much of that around you, and you begin to think, oh, well, that's okay. Which you know, at the end of the day, I have no control over anybody else, but yeah. you know, there's so much untapped potential, and and I love the mindset of look, you know, I'm just gonna go all in. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, like in my opinion, like if it doesn't work and I know that I gave everything I had, then I can, I'm okay with that. I'm yep. 100% okay with that. Yep. I'm not okay with going, ah, yeah, well, you know, I only gave it like 50% or oh, I didn't train for it or, you know, but that's the way most people live, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so when you look at building your team, whether it's in the gym, the company, Obviously, you need some of that similar mindset, core values, work ethic. How do you vet people when you're hiring for for whatever you need? So I really believe that everything is learned skill. Everything is learned skill, right? Um, everything can be taught. Some people are going to be better at things, or you know, like there's certain tasks and stuff that I'm just not great at. Like I could put forth. Uh, 10 out of 10 effort and get a 7 out of 10 result, you know, because it's just not my something I'm great at. However, I think that pretty much everybody, regardless of what you're actually good at, um, if that's a job you want to do and you're passionate about it, I think everything is a learned skill and people can be good at it. So I definitely pay attention to what people, you know, are good at or appear to be good at or have a history of doing. But more so than that, I really worry about the people, right? Um, there's a few things that are really important. Um, when, I, when we talk to people, when we interview people, I don't really ask anything about the job um i just want to have a conversation with them and get them to talk about shit i ask them what they listen to in their driving and ask what they listen to on the drive in i ask them what their parents did for a living if that if they think that had an impact on them i ask them uh what they ate for breakfast if they eat the same thing every day what is it why do they eat it why do they not eat breakfast right um i ask them uh different things like that right like it's most stuff that's relatively or, or seemingly kind of unrelated to the actual job they're going to do right? hiring someone for marketing i don't ask them a single damn question about what they think a good subject line is for an email like i don't i don't care um because that's something if that's the right if they're the right person and they have the right attitude like they can learn that and they will learn that and they're gonna be better at it than i am probably right and so that's kind of the the stuff that i that i think about and my favorite interview question is uh last thing i ask is always Oh, I also I ask them if they drink. Um, I don't care if you drink. I drink. Just curious. Do you drink alcohol? Why or why not? You know what I mean? Do you smoke weed? Why or why not? <laughs> like, whatever. Um, none of these are like uh, not going to hire you because of it. Just curious how people think, what they do, how they live their lives, right? Like, that's, it's important to me. Um, and then my favorite interview question is last one. It's a, uh, are, are you a lucky person? Right. And I'll tell you right now, if the answer is no, I don't give a shit what you said for the last hour. Like, we're just done, you know? Um, and if they say yes, that's good news. And it doesn't have to be a yes or no. In fact, just last time we interviewed someone here, her answer was, I said, well, I don't necessarily believe in luck, but I do really believe that everything happens for a reason. And so when things happen that may seem unlucky, I just kind of figure, like, that's just the way things are going right now. And I just deal with it as it goes and and move forward, you know? I type, I'm like, oh, there we go. That's a great answer. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that, you know? But I figure if luck is real um, and they are lucky, I definitely want them around. Uh, if luck is, <laughs> 100%. Yes. If, if luck is not real and they think they're lucky, that's a great fucking person to be around. 
yeah. always thinking things are going their way. And uh, the opposite is true also. If luck is real and someone's unlucky, I definitely don't want them anywhere fucking near me. <laughs> and, if, uh, and, if, and if luck is not real and they um, think they're unlucky, then why would you want that person around who always thinks things are happening to them outside of their control, right? Like these are that's terrible trait. You know, I don't want I don't want any part of that action. You know, uh, so that's a big part. So I guess the, the, that's a long way of saying the number one thing I look for is uh, mindset and attitude, right? Um, do things are our problems uh, surmountable, or is every problem you know the end of the world, right? Are um, you know when when something goes wrong, is it is it okay? Can we deal with it? Or is that, or, or, or was it outside of your control? Like, do you take responsibility for, for things? You know, I want a room full of people who um, every time something goes wrong, every single person in the room um, pipes up and says what they could have done differently to avoid it. Right. Um, the, what I, what I would never want is a room full of uh, that Spider-Man meme where everyone's pointing at the others, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that that's really you know that's the biggest thing for me and when I'm looking for people or different different roles and, and things advertise also I, I I try to interview as few people as possible so I I try to make actually there be huge hurdle hurdles and um, you know loops they have to jump through to even to even get that far if I'm hiring for a position ideally I interview like one person you know maybe three um, so I kind of set up a landing page for it that's has a bunch of words on it. Um, takes a long time to kind of get through and 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 talks about that makes the job sound way worse than the fucking is and and uh, to a certain degree. And then at the end, I give them homework. Like, all right, if you want this job, send me an email and and attach these things and do these things and and give them whatever ten to fifteen minutes of work they have to do. Um, they have to submit. Mm-hmm. And um, and then if I if I get an email and if the subject line is uh, misspelled or if it's not exactly what it's supposed to be, then I just fucking delete it. You know, I didn't have to open that one. That was easy. Um, and so you find someone who, you know, really tries and puts forth effort, made sure that what the subject line says is exactly what they were told to. And and you get their little homework from them. So you get kind of like an idea of the quality, their quality of work and, and what they consider to be good quality work and and that type of thing. So that's good I, stuff, man. I, I love it like it's very that, much- that or people i know if i already know you then that's like some people don't i do all the time dude i love hiring people what i've like i've had a bunch of uh like people that are my students that have worked with us over the time you know cool. um so stuff like that's always good too so have you ever had any challenges with the shifting of those relationships like maybe they knew you from a different context and now do you have to reset that context on a new working relationship Nah, I mean, not really, man. I think that people um, think that I, I'm pretty genuine most of the time. I'm not like a different person, uh, you know, when I'm at Captain Kilos than I am when I'm at the gym, when I'm coaching class at the gym. I'm not a different person when I used to teach PE. Um, you know, when I taught PE, I think I my language is a little bit cleaner. Um, but when I coach, when I coach, when little, I coach a little wrestling, bit, a little, when bit. I, little bit, when I coach, when I coach wrestling, it wasn't, that's for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's like the one sport you can still cuss at kids. It's great. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, cause it hurt, man, it's different. Um, you know, and so same, same, all that, if all that kind of goes around. So I think if you're, you know, if you're authentic and you're just being yourself and, and whatever you're into, you know, then people kind of know what's up. Like they know, um, they know I like to have a good time, but they also know that, yeah, I was getting shit done, you know, and we, you know, there's some things that are important. And if you're, if you're responsible, they also, they know that I'm responsible and I 
take care of the things I need to take care of, right? And so I think that there's that expectation knowing that if you're going to come and work with us here, that those are the expectations, right? So here's, I'm curious, you operate- and One more thing on that real quick. Like same thing, like some of my friend, um, you know, outside of like when I work with them, they're like a friend of mine. Like if I, if I'm like going to meet them at the gym at three o'clock, like I, I'm going to be there at three. Like I will not be there at three 30, you know, like I will be there at three Oh five or earlier. Like if I'm there at three Oh five, it's going to hit traffic or some shit. Like, you know what I mean? It was not like, cause I left late, like that didn't happen. And so, you know, um, and so I think people know that. And so it's like, yeah, so if you have this relationship from outside, it's not, there's no surprises like, well, he's going to expect me to be on time and he's going to expect me to do the, you know, like whatever. So anyway, that was the last little part that I was thinking. Yeah, I love it. How you do one thing is how you do everything. I agree. Yeah, with that. man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Next time you see that piece of trash and you think about picking it up and you keep walking instead, better turn your ass around and pick up that empty bag of Takis, you know? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Takis. Um, you're in two industries that are heavily saturated. Like John and I went out yesterday and visited, I don't know, like almost a dozen gyms and probably a two mile radius, like legit two yeah, miles. Mm-hmm. Big, little, whatever. And then you're also, you know, you have apparel, which if you scroll any social media at any point, it doesn't even matter what you've searched or what NSA thinks you like, like you're going to see somebody's t-shirt and shit. So (laughs) how do you mentally navigate that? And how do you realistically set benchmarks for what your goals are within those companies? All right. So here's the deal is I don't give two shit what anyone else is doing. Like that's it. Um, you know what that other gym in town is doing got nothing to do with me I'm interested in what you're doing because maybe you're doing something that I should do like maybe your onboarding process for new clients is different maybe I can learn from you maybe I can use some of the things you're you're doing or maybe even the way your marketing is interesting and I can I can copy some of the marketing you're doing or maybe some of the marketing you're doing I think is terrible and I want to make sure to not do that um, or maybe I, I hear stories about the coaches at your gym and I'll make sure that mine don't behave that way uh, maybe I see your shirt and I think it looks like dog shit. I want to make sure not to copy that or the opposite. I think a shirt looks great. And I think, and I get inspired by something, um, you know, I've signed up for like, whatever, like uh, memberships, like shirt of the month clubs, for different, like something we haven't, we, we don't do. And we're considering doing, I've signed up for other companies stuff and got their things and okay, what do they do? What does their packaging look like? What are their, do they have blow-ins in their or with their packages? Do they have, you know, how are they, what is their, I've got, I get served ads by people sometimes and I click on them to see how they're retargeting me. I sign up for their email market. I sign up where I know that I'm going to be enrolled in their email marketing um, list so I can see their campaigns and see what they're doing and see if I, you know, kind of see what's working right um, for them. So that's, those activities are the only reason in any way I care about what other people are doing. Because I'm curious that if, if they're doing something that I'm not, maybe I should try it. Maybe, maybe it works. If they're not doing something I am, then I consider that as well. But that's the extent of what I think about other companies and what they're doing and competition. Uh, look, man, the people worried about um, getting a larger slice of the pie and that type of stuff. I just don't, I don't operate that way. You know, if anything, make the whole pie bigger. So you talk about like fitness in general, right? Um, like gyms, talk about gyms. So something like 80, 80, Five percent of the gym population of the of the population doesn't have any gym membership, right? right? And then of the fifteen percent that does, 
I think like 11 of those don't even fucking go, right? So you're talking like, 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 talking like two to four, two to four percent of the entire population even attends a gym, period. So why do I care at all about how many members this other person has? I'm not trying to shuffle the deck. I'm trying to, let's try and get that 85% and let's try and get them into gyms, you know, and, and um, and the more gyms there are, the more people are going to be working out. And the more people that are working out, more people are going to be talking to their friends about working out and feeling good and looking good. And then that's just going to get more people exercising. And and everyone's kind of, every gym's a little different. Everyone's got their own personalities. And you'll kind of draw people to you that, that like your personality or that what you bring to the table. Um, there's going to be someone else. I hope, I hope there's someone else that's cheaper than you. Unless that's your thing. I don't give a shit, whatever. But there's, there's generally, there's going to be someone else that's cheaper than you. And some people who only care about price are going to go there. And that's okay. And someone's probably more expensive than you. And there's going to be someone who only goes there because it's the most expensive place in town. And that's it. And, and, and that's okay too. Like, I don't, that's not, and maybe that's the, the hill you want to stand on and that's fine. But the point is that it doesn't really matter what your thing is or what you believe in, that you just got to do it. And you got to, and then the, the people who like that will come to you. And, and uh, I mean, look, there's a cycling studio that does strength conditioning classes in the same parking lot as me. And I don't, care like it's great i'm actually i'm stoked that they're there you know um we've had people who had memberships of both we've had people quit our gym and go there they've had people quit their gym and come to us like it's it's whatever i don't i don't i don't care in fact sometimes people are like what is, what would you do if another gym or the specifically like another crossing gym opened right next door I said good that nothing would make me happier nothing would make me like i would be fucking pumped about that you know what i mean because uh, two things. One, that would just drive me to actually get even further into our lane. Like what exactly makes us different than them? And that's what we really need to focus on and do that. Um, and also that's just more people working out, man. And let's, you know what, this entire parking lot was all gym. That would be dope, right? Like there's a reason why there's a fucking auto malls, right? And all these dealerships go next to each other. Um, you know, the town adjacent to the one I live in, there's a there's like four chicken joints all side by side, dude. There's like a, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There's like a Chick-fil-A and then next, and then there's a cane and then there's a KFC and they're like, they're all, they're all within like a block of each other, you know, it's, and so that's, you know, that's kind of how I view competition and, and same thing for, you know, online e-commerce stuff. Like I don't, I don't really care what anybody else is doing, man. I, if I figure if we take care of things we're supposed to be doing and we're doing the right things and, and then that's, that's what I can control, right? Well, they say three things you control, your uh, your attitude, your outlook, and, and your effort, you know? And so why am I going to spend any time worrying about with someone else, how many other shirts people are buying and that type of stuff? I dig it. You, you talk about gyms. I literally, in my parking lot where my physical location is, there are two gyms, right? Like, I don't know, 20 paces to the right and 20 paces to the left. And then there's another one down at the end of the parking lot. Good. We all know each other. We wave to each other. We stop in and say hi, and, and we all do well. Hey, all good morning. <laughs> well, well, one dude looks like Debo. He's, <laughs> he's huge. He yeah, up. dude. Got those corduroy slippers on. Yeah, he's like, you got my bike? And I'm like, oh, shit, dude. <laughs> a big dude. Uh, yeah, dude. No, you know, I, I, I love your mindset. I love your attitude. You can see a little bit of that, like, California surfer in you. I'm like, ah, I don't give a fuck, whatever. Let's, you know, I'm just going to stay in my lane, do my thing. Um, John, anything else you want to, you want to dive into before we, we ask some fun things? 
Yeah, I, I just love the the mindset of operating within abundance, man. You know, I think yeah. a lot of people like you touched on are so busy looking in other people's lanes. You can't run your race if you're looking over here, right? Yeah, and, and that's something I've personally gone through. Like, I think it was like two years ago, I just stopped following all of our competition. I just don't have the same thought process. I was like, I don't really care what they're doing. We just need to get really good at what we're doing. And then we know what's going to happen from there. So that actually gave me yeah. a lot more peace in my life too, by not looking at what I oh, yeah. was doing, which was, I'm, I'm glad I made that choice. So I just wanted to share that because yeah. great message. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you want an idea. We're like, man, I kind of run promotion. What should we do? It's like, oh, let's go look at what other people are doing. Right. Then you, you can go look. See, it's like living in California, guys. Like you go to the snow and then you come home, you go to the beach and then you come home. It's like, you know, same thing. Like you can go look at the competition, what they're doing, you know, and then you just go back and ignore it more, you know, just go check it out and then live your life. I love it. I love you don't it. have to be out there shoveling snow every day. To totally. Not, not totally random, but totally random. Where's the, how, how'd you choose where to get coffee from? That seems oh, like dude. a endeavor. It was, it was interesting. Um, <laughs> Yeah, man, we just started um, started Googling. We're like, all right, like, who, who, we're local, like, coffee roasters, really around the country, let alone locally. Um, and then, oh, here's one. Okay, it looks interesting. Look legit. It's been around a while. Call him. Call him. Talk to him. Um, and then on to the next one, right? And this one guy in Sacramento we talked to, which is right here, um, he was stoked. Loved the idea. Like, coffee and, and fitness. Like, oh, this is novel. It's a great idea. Like, he actually said, it's funny. He's like, you know, everyone always calls me and said they want you know like the best coffee i could make but like you really can only do that once uh <laughs> you know and so like, there you go. <laughs> yeah he's like but i like this though because it's like it's a different angle on things there's a different way to think about things and it's you know it's, you know it's more stimulating than just like making another right there's a purpose behind the, the coffee and the blends and stuff like that and so i'm um, not still the same roaster we we use now we still outsource to he's right here in town we we go there every couple months. He has the next, you know, he has 10 different uh, blends all ready for us. And we go and taste them all and take the next, you know, three to six months of the coffee of the month um, out of those. And, and, uh, and he takes care of the rest. He, he procures the beans and blends them and roasts them and gives us the info. You know, we know where everything's coming from. We know it's all organic. It's all sustainably farmed. Uh, it's from, you know, different blends from all over the world. And, and so he, he takes care of that type of thing. And, and then we kind of go there and meet up and funny, have learned a shit ton about it over the time of oh, doing man. it, you know, but it's, uh, but yeah, he's, he's Roaster Dave, man. Roaster Dave's got it going on. <laughs> That's cool. And definitely, uh, you know, you had to find somebody that could scale with you too. Yeah. Right, right. And then, you know, that's one of those things we talk about sometimes like bringing in house or doing that type of stuff. And it's, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to that, right? It's like, okay, what's the, what's the goal here? What's the goal of our business? What do we want to do? You know, and really it's something like that. You're talking about that kind of roast equipment. It's like, well, if we want to really make that worth it. Then we want to start white labeling for other people and doing stuff like that. It's like, well, then is that what you want to do? Is that the best use of your time is to then, you know, basically start an offshoot um, coffee company as well. It's doing white label stuff or are you better off, you know, focusing on the things you're focusing on and being, being excellent at the things you do and outsourcing some of those other tasks, right? And we do like our own warehouse. It's the same idea that someone else uses like a 3PL for warehousing or whatever, right? Um, but we, we do all of our own warehousing, shipping and receiving out of here um, because there's, you know, there's reasons why. But yeah, it's all just these decisions you make, right? Like what's, uh, what's going to 
what's the goal? Where am I going with this? Where is it going to lead me? Right. Mm. Yeah. And that, that best use of your time is huge. And, and I think that's something a lot of fit pros get lost in the fray of, you know, there's a time and place we have to do all the things. I understand I was there, but at some point you have to start offloading things that you just, you're not good at, you know, you're not good at go find somebody else and then utilize that time for something better, whether it's clients or family yeah. time or whatever it may be. Like you, you have to get yeah, to that phase. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the thing too. It's like, I actually realized um, last night I was talking to somebody um, talking about like money and stuff. And I said something that, that I realized later isn't true. Um, but, you know, I was like, I, was like, I just don't really give a shit about money. Um, but that's actually not true. I actually, I do care about money and making money. But the only reason I want to make money is to spend it, right? Like, I, because, like, I don't, I don't want to mow my own fucking lawn. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I need to spend that time with either with my kid or something I enjoy. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. If you enjoy mowing your lawn, hell yeah, dude, do it. Like, get it. You know, I had a neighbor. She fucking loved it, dude. She did hers and ours. She, she loved every second of it. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and because uh, and it was like a release, you know, for her, like something like mindless. Like, she was a shatter on a hair salon. And so it was like sitting there listening to people's problems all day. And so she was like, no, this is great. Like, I just like push this thing and make a straight line. It's like, it's awesome. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, hell yeah, dude, that's like your, like, that's your little, you know, moving meditation. Like, it's awesome. But for me, that's not how I work. I'd rather spend that time with my kids or reading or, you know, stabbing myself in the eye. Like there's so many things. I'd rather do. <laughs> Literally so, anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, that's, you know, I think that's important. I think that's, something to keep in mind too right it's like um i don't like necessarily uh like i'm not a big i mean i'm responsible as shit like why you know i have savings and stuff but like i don't i'm not trying to make as much money as i can so i can save a bunch like i just want to make money so i can spend it and the things i want to do and have the time that i want to do and i want to go to my kids soccer games and and i want to um you know, I want to go on vacations, family vacations, and uh, and those types of things. Yeah, you know? I love it. I love it. All right, so we got a, a couple of fun questions to wrap this thing up with. Yeah, John yeah. never knows what any of these are. I okay. don't. Good luck, sir. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Right. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. First question: What's your favorite sandwich? Oh, strawberry Reuben. Come on, man. It's a ridiculous question. <laughs> That was fast. That was immediate. No hesitation. Yeah, well, everybody, I mean, who's gonna say who's gonna say anything different, right? Like, there's okay. You got sauerkraut. You got probiotics on there. You know, a lot of times we put on a rye bread. So anyway, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. Yeah. All right. If you were chosen to represent the U.S. at the Summer Olympics, what event do you believe you would have the best shot at getting a medal in? Oh man, Summer Olympics, huh? Well, it's not weightlifting, even though that was my best i competed in weightlifting at like a national level for a long time but that's not no zero chance in the middle there um oh god man i don't know if i had a list of all the uh all the events that that would help um i don't know man maybe uh they have like an old man masters category in the olympics yeah <laughs> the senior olympics yeah anything I in I seniors that, i think if i i think if i dedicated uh enough uh, like right now show up or are I going to train for it you could train for it oh yeah I think maybe something in like uh like archery or whatever like that's a lot of work but I feel like it's a, like a skill and I feel like if you spend enough time doing it you could you could make some waves there yep 
Yep, that's a smart answer there. All right, last question. If you had a billboard and you could put any message on that billboard for everyone to see, what would be the message? Uh, I'd say you can do it. Nice and simple. And then you'd have the you know, caffeineandkilos.com on the bottom. Yeah, course. for sure, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell, our, tell our audience where they can follow you, where they can buy things and all that good yeah, stuff. Yeah, for sure. So uh, if you want everything I'm involved with, you just go to Danny, uh, dannylear.com, L-E-H-R is Lear. Uh, that that kind of has everything on there, links to Caffeine and Kilos, which, of course, is caffeineandkilos.com, or if you're in... Uh, you know, Northern California, my gym, um, you can link to there. Um, and there's a few other companies that I have some, uh, some interest in and stuff like that, that be great to check out. Yeah, dude, caffeineandkilos.com and our talk about coffee a little bit. It's our number one, number one selling product. Number one skew every month is a uh, coffee of the month. And so it's super fun. It's a different blend from all over the world, different parts of the world. Um, we give them fun names to kind of let you, uh, actually taste coffee a little differently. Right. Um, they can bring out some flavor notes, maybe you wouldn't notice otherwise. Uh, anyway, it's a lot of fun. It's good. And we, we also kind of pick them seasonally, right? So like around Christmas time, they're kind of, uh, you know, they kind of remind you of Christmas and in the summer, they're a little bit lighter through your roast, stuff like that. So do check out that coffee of the month at caffeineandkilos.com. Very nice, sir. Dude, this has been awesome. Very fun conversation. Thank you for sharing. Um, y'all go follow this guy, buy some coffee, do all the things. This is yeah, awesome. Man. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, be like Danny Lear. Go out there and get what you're worth, damn it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> damn good show. Damn good show. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. We hope you found value and entertainment in our content. Listen, we love helping fit pros get paid what they're worth, and we have something we would love for you to take advantage of. Absolutely. So go to fitprocollective.com forward slash bootcamp to download our free business bootcamp on taking your training business online. This is no BS sales pitch. This is actual strategies that you can implement right now to move your business forward. Finally, again, if you like what you heard, please subscribe and review. Let us know what you think. Thanks again for listening to Real Talk with Real Fit Pros, where we help fit pros what? Get what they're worth.